0: more
1: we hope that you like our plants if you are watching on youtube you right. see we've added some uh decor I behind thought about us
0: this last time you did we made it through the whole episode without you know like pointing it out i thought i'm surprised you didn't tell our friends well you know look at all we have accomplished we
1: you know i grew up in a church that had a bunch of plastic plants on the stage
0: yes and <laughs> Me we too. fought to get them
1: off <laughs> Me but <too>. now they're <laughs> a whole
0: they're a vibe they're a
1: vibe and so we've got so some uh, our
0: team uh said, you need, Wait, more- are they
1: plastic? Or are they real?
0: No, they're plastic. Oh, okay. We ain't trying to have to come here and water them every day.
1: <laughs> Guys, welcome uh, to the tug of more. That's it's right. just a conversation between two friends yep. that are talking about where we are, but even more important where we want to be. That's right. And that's a hard one because you want to get to where you're trying to go, yep. but then you are where you're at. And in the middle of that is tension.
0: There's a fight. There's a struggle. Yes. Attention is the word that we feel most of all to be uh, pulled into more and to say, okay, I'm going to get there. No matter what happens, no matter what I'm faced with, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to yeah. keep fighting for it. And so we talk about all kinds of things here to help us and all our friends step into more.
1: Yeah, and we're pastors, so that's our leadership context. That's right. We'd be loving Jesus around here at yep, the tug of Mormon. We sure do. And uh, dude, it's tough. It's tough to want to be farther along than yeah. you are.
0: You know, what's the phrase? Uh, I'm not where I used to be. I'm better, but I'm better than... I'm not where I want to be, but I'm better than I was. There yeah.
1: do you know do you know where we are right now we're in a season of preparation yes what if you're not where you want to be what if you're not where you want to be because you're in a season getting prepared right. for where God wants you to go right that's frustrating it's frustrating because you're like no I'm good God look how great I am I'm doing yeah. everything right and he's up in heaven like oh come on buddy yeah. you still got 89 things that I've been telling you to work on
0: Right. Or I, think I the, need to
1: work out of you.
0: I think sometimes the preparation is hard because I can look back to where I used to be and see how much progress I've made. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, but why does it feel like in this last season, six months, year, depends on what that season looks like. I haven't made as much progress in this season as I feel like I did back in that season. But the preparation yeah. sometimes causes you to stay still for a minute and get ready, get ready, get ready. And so that, I'm excited. That
1: preparation season is tough. Rachel and I just celebrated our 16 year, Whoa. wedding anniversary and so that's good she's stuck with me for 16 years that's right and so i took her to uh, a new steakhouse that opened in mansfield yep. Meehan steakhouse it's expensive as a mug but
0: it was worth it it was incredible yeah you're um, not just paying for the steak you're paying for the whole experience i gotta sneeze oh bless you <gasps> sometimes if you say bless you it doesn't work then no you don't sneeze, sneeze. is too powerful so it's not just the meat, it's the full experience. It's the, the full experience. The atmosphere, the uh, ambiance, and the entertainment. Yeah, I don't but the, know but the food was great.
1: Was it good? Good. And so uh, so I ordered a steak, just yeah. how I like it, just what I want it to be. And dude, it was so good. Cut it with a spoon. Cut it with a spoon sirloin. Right. Sirloin? No, filet.
0: Which kind? Filet, filet. mignon? Filet. Rachel's big filet mignon.
1: And so, uh, <laughs> but do you know what I ate the day before? What? Uh we had uh a babysitter no, somebody, Amarisa, uh they were going shout on a date out night. Shot on Amorisa, they were going on a date night and they needed they like babysitter fell through. Yeah. And so they asked if we would babysit. Yeah. Well, Rachel was coming up to the church to do a women's event, so guess who that meant. So
0: you were the babysitter.
1: So I was the babysitter of my kids, of your which, own kids which, which is which, actually parenting. Yeah, which is But is then parenting. we gained uh <laughs> their daughter, who yeah. her and Lillian are homeboys. Which
0: homeboy. sometimes can actually but, be better.
1: Oh yeah, I I basically did nothing. They all took care of themselves. Yeah, okay. But I said yes, we'll do it. But the agreement is, you have to bring dinner for all the children. This
0: is what you said. Yes, if you Negotiator. want me to babysit. <laughs>
1: if you want me to babysit. Extraordinaire. You have to bring dinner for all the children. And so they went to Wendy's. Okay. And they picked up Wendy's. Now,
0: if you uh, did not get a frosty and fries, I'm going to be so mad. I
1: di- oh, I did not. I did <laughs> not get a frosty and fries. It? But I did get half a hamburger because okay. Lillian didn't eat all hers. Okay. That so works. here's where I'm going. The night before, yeah. I had eaten. A Wendy's hamburger. Yes. Meh. Good. I'm saying Wendy's. Yeah. Is beating a handful of.
0: Yeah. Way better than Burger King. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. They're
1: beating a hand handful of rest, fast food <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> but a then mediocre the, But then the next night. Yeah. I'm at Meehan's. What a swing. Eating. A incredible steak. Spoon cutting. Incredible Do you
0: know, cutting, do you, do you know steak. the
1: only difference? What? Preparation.
0: Oh, See what you did there.
1: The only difference. Yep. Is that. At at Wendy's, you drive through a drive through. Mm-hmm. You say, "I want a number three uh, Frosty," and you pull around, and they some teenager cooked it forty five seconds from a ago.
0: Frozen from a frozen place. <laughs> so there's very first. So there's
1: very little preparation. But then I go to the steakhouse yeah. and I get a sixty five day aged, okay, fat marbled, soaked in Butter all the spices, prepared. all the things. Yeah. It's slow cooked. All the preparation. Yeah. And so maybe you're mad. This is what God's speaking to me. Right. Trusting you're mad about where you aren't, but you're just being seasoned. You're just being prepared. I just have had you in the prep room soaking in spices so that you are flavorful and prepared Mm -hmm. because I don't want you to just be McDonald's. Right. He's made me to be fine beef.
0: Yeah. You are fine beef.
1: Nope.
0: (laughs) It's ridiculous
1: that's what he that's that's what i would prefer <laughs> right, to be right i don't want to just be some some 80 20 ground beef
0: no right well and so when you're mad about, about how fast
1: it's going you're just in a season of preparation
0: yeah it's also the value i mean that that mm-hmm. wendy's cheeseburger costs like three dollars probably i don't even yep. know and your me hands, i'm assuming was uh ouch a little bit more
1: ouch i uh i spent it and then got up and preached about uh, being fiscally responsible <laughs> and the next then morning convicted. No, I mean, it's our anniversary, 16 year uh, anniversary. Uh, we're going to swing uh, joking, obviously,
0: yeah. but the value in that, that you are fried beef, like you are, we are valuable. That is why we believe God's called us to more. And yeah. so, uh, If we are not allowing ourselves to spend time in preparation, then we're not valuing who we actually are as people. If we're saying, oh, I want to hurry it up. Well, fast food doesn't cost very much on purpose. And so do we value ourselves enough to allow ourselves to sit in the season of preparation? And if not, well, then you're not really, uh, you're not really confident in who and what you're called to be.
1: I had the hardest year of my whole life over the last 12 months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it a bunch of times. This
1: is the like and this last Sunday was the anniversary of, <laughs> of the, the worst year. Of the hardest year. <laughs> because ever.
0: literally Rachel and I hugged each other and we were like, happy one year of the of the suckiest year of our lives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but the preparation. Yeah. The preparations happened. The no. the strength. The things that I got out of my brain and right. out of my heart and the like self-awareness that I was able to walk through to become the leader that I'm today to get off the throne, to learn how to rest, to learn how to abide, to stop pushing too hard, all this stuff, to trust God more than I trust me. All these lessons that I've learned over this last year of hell, What if they're just preparation?
0: Well, and what if the preparation that feels like sitting still is actually the most productive Mm -hmm. year that we've had? And I think that's where on the other side of it, I'm looking back and going, I have felt so stuck. I have felt so waiting, felt so still stuck in this preparation. But when I look back, I'm going, oh my word, this may have actually been the most productive year of our life. Both of us. Yeah.
1: You just blew my mind.
0: Well, yeah, that's what God's been speaking to me. Uh, Literally in the last two weeks, I've been realizing this may have been the most productive because you're right. So much heart work, so much mind work, so much intentionality that all of that God's been trying to do in us and through us for the last five years. But what what he was able to accomplish in this year of preparation, holy cow, was actually very productive.
1: Romans was written from prison. Right. Like, like the crap, you know, because you don't really get on your knees and cry out to God when right. everything's going fantastic. Right. You know why? Because we're kind of spoiled brats right. children to God. Right. But like when it's hard is when you really are able to, to to grow and to hear and to listen. Yeah. And I think that this last year I was really able to listen to God. And, uh, and so he's just been preparing us.
0: No, I keep thinking about in COVID, uh, that was like the mo- the most still season of my life, you know, physically. Like I had to be stuck in my home. I had never... I've never stayed still that much in my entire right. life. I moved here from, uh, to Texas from Tulsa and literally had the last day of my job, uh, like the Friday before we moved, yeah. then moved here and started a new job and like never stopped. Like that's just who we are as people. Well,
1: And you moved out of your parents' house, got married, had a baby in one minute.
0: Yeah. That also happened. I'm saying I mean, years before you, that, you, right.
1: Your, literally your life since I've been has been full of speed,
0: 18 years old, I've been running yeah. and in COVID was one of those times, I know you did it too, that Aaron and I spent so much time cleaning out drawers in our house Mm -hmm. that we'd never cleaned out before, Uh, reorganizing rooms, entire rooms of our home that we just hadn't had the time to do before. And I keep thinking about, yeah, COVID, actually was super productive for our home because we got our home in the space. We did some projects that we'd been waiting on. We did, we were able to do all of these things and get ready for what's been after it. And the same is true right now in this season of stuck. It's been like, Oh, I was, God was able to clean some crap out of my heart. Yeah. God was able to help reorganize some things in my mind in ways I couldn't have ever, because I just keep running all the time.
1: So if you find yourself, in that position between where you are and where you want to be and you're frustrated. The question that you should be asking is what is supposed to be happening in your preparation time? Maybe you're right. not just, I thought I was just waiting. I thought God just told me to wait, but what he really was doing was preparing, was preparing right. something. He was building some girders and some foundation and now it's pillar time. Yeah. Like, as I look forward, we've got some big stuff we're working on. Yeah. F- for more church, yeah. which will come out.
0: Sometime, sometime. In the next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: and, and all of <laughs> the, and, right. and the, the foundation that he has poured is yeah. now going to allow us to drop some pillars in. Absolutely. Of organization.
0: Because we were able to reorganize, restructure, clean out, man. I'm, it, it's been painful, but now we're in this like sweet spot.
1: What? I haven't told you this yet. What? I had lunch with a guy yesterday. And, uh, and dude, he's got a ton of business, wisdom? business. Yeah. wisdom. And so he starts talking about the organization that he works in uh-huh. and how it's grown from this to this and how there's been increase. Right. And he says that at the beginning years of that business, it was all a house of cards. Mm. Like, yeah. it was growing. It was getting to next yeah. levels. It was expanding. But, like, honestly you pull out a piece and a whole section crumbles. Right. And uh and he said it very kind. Right. And he said, "Pastor, I feel like more church is a little bit of the same." Yeah. He wasn't he was not calling us a house of cards. No, 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 no. He was saying that when he he said that as this organization grew, that what he had to do was be aware that there's some things were falling apart and he had to start inserting pillars right into the house of cards. Yeah. And I feel like the foundation that God's been pouring in me and in you and right. in our staff and our right. spouses is now it's pillar time.
0: Well, we had to build it so quickly because... Things grew so quickly. Things yeah. shifted so quickly that, yeah, the paper card is such a great analogy. Yeah. That's all that was laying around. That's yeah. all we could throw into So place. all we could do
1: is just throw something in. So it was in. like, hurry
0: up, get it structure built. And so at least we were building it. But now God's helping us come yeah. back around and yeah. go, okay, let's put the. That's so good. Because, a great analogy.
1: Because you just have to get it going. Some, right. There just has to be movement and right. advancement. And God was good. We started growing and numbers are coming in and money's going right. up and all these things. And so we made a couple hires. Right. That didn't go how I wanted to right. and they fell apart, but it was because it wasn't a pillar, it was a house of yeah. cards, and I just yeah. had to get it to the next level. Yeah. And so now No,
0: we've already got some pillars established, and now yeah. we can see where we've got some more places to install them. Yeah. That's gonna build a beautiful foundation. That's great. It was really it's a good. great analogy. But something we've been talking about this week, as we're talking about all of that, is um what do you do when you're leading an organization and new things are coming? Yep. New things need to be established. New things need to be uh, pillars formed, all of these things. And when you do that, there's lots of people in play when you're stepping into more, when you're tugging yep. into more for us, we lead a church. So there are congregants at play. Um, maybe you're in your home. You just have the people that live in your home at play. Like yeah. there's lots of times where we have to make decisions where those who are at kind of the head, the top, whatever, for lack of better terms than that. They're the ones making the decision, but then we have to get everybody else on board yeah. with the decision. You've
1: got to on ramp you got to get them. People.
0: That's right. And so the process of that can be extremely tricky. And we as leaders have learned the right way and the wrong way how to do that. And uh, so we talked about it. Let's talk about it today.
1: Okay. So uh, let's say that you wanted to buy a new car. Yes when he wants to buy a new car how would aaron take it if you alone went to Rick. the dealership
0: would not go well. and just
1: bought yourself a brand new top of the line off a lot <laughs> car and just came home and hadn't even brought it up to him
0: oh it would that would be the most interesting thing you should ever aaron, see everyone should video it because it would go viral 100 he would lose his junk
1: as would any As would person. my wife if I went and bought a brand new truck yes. without processing it with yes. her. Why do I bring that up? Yeah. Because we need to bring people along
0: to the conversation. To the
1: conversation if there's like a major shift that's yeah. happening. I have a gr- I'm not going to put my house up for sale yeah. without talking to Rachel about it.
0: Right. Right.
1: I'm Now, I can go and buy a uh, Subway sandwich and right. not talk to Rachel about it because she don't care yeah. and it's not that big a deal. But... You know, for our anniversary, I bought her a ring. Uh huh. I bought her a a
0: anniversary band.
1: Anniversary band. Yeah. And dude, it was so hard because I had to hide almost two grand from her. Right. Like moving it around and like, how do I pay for this? And it's a big purchase that I didn't talk to her about at yeah. all. And dude, it was being sneaky and stuff. It's hard. <laughs> if I couldn't, I couldn't. I can't get in with nothing. I'm not a good. I was going to
0: say I don't know how you did, but.
1: But but I'm saying like you're spending like that you have to talk about it
0: right no you said subway sandwich and i was thinking you know i think it's something we learn at least in my house um and i know you are a similar foodie person as me what if what we're we're food how skinny i am (laughs) no um do you ever like really want to go to a certain restaurant and like you have it ahead in ahead in your mind oh in fact this has happened to us let's talk about staff lunch this has happened many times but if I want to win in my family, I know there are certain restaurants. I can be like, Hey, Easton, don't you want to go to Malai tonight? Doesn't uh-huh. that sound like a great idea yeah. before I bring it to the whole family? Yeah. I can go to a few of the family, you get
1: them on board, and get
0: them on board with my decisions, So mm. then I get to go to the restaurant that I want to go to Yeah, staff lunch. The other day I set a place, then I had a meeting. Somehow I come out of the meeting and you have gone to Smothers and said, Hey, but what about this place? (laughs) Because Uh, we can get other people on board. It can be a big decision or a small decision. If you want people on board. Yeah. We don't just do it in a big group or we're going to end up going to what's that place in the JJ's cafe. Uh,
1: No, JJ's not a, not a vibe. Okay. It's not allowed. So what we're saying is if you're a leader of anything, yes, there needs to be a appropriate on-ramp to help the organization make the shift. Right. You have to get people understanding mm-hmm. what's what's going on. Right. If you're getting on the expressway, they have a literal road that's an on-ramp yeah. that allows you to build speed. On the side road, you're only going 40, but on the freeway, you have to be going 75. Yeah. So there's this long drag strip called an on-ramp that helps you get up to speed. And as leaders, we have to be aware mm-hmm. Of when and when not to have those on rounds. Yeah. When to help people know what's happening and not put it in too early. Right. We don't need to talk about it too early because if we talk about it too early, we get everybody's hopes up oh. and there's no freeway. Right. And then y'all just crash and die and everybody thinks you're a bad yeah. leader.
0: <laughs> oh, you're right.
1: And so no, I've been there. Not true. Well, I know, but we've had some of that. Yeah. And so, so you have to wait for the right time to bring them along
0: yeah so i think about it um oh go ahead no i just have so many thoughts oh well we can give you
1: because if we don't on-ramp them well for us what would not be good is for me to just get up on a sunday morning at our primary gathering and make a gigantic announcement about something without telling anybody else first correct the goal is to bring key leaders along in the process, so that they already so that they already understand, yes. so their heads are nodding.
0: Right. Yes. So I remember seven years ago, uh, we you became lead pastor. Mm-hmm. We were uh, doing our very best to keep things live and afloat and all the things. And one of the big decisions we decided to change uh, quickly. Um, was to go from, we were running three services and we went back to running two. Mm -hmm. This was a, uh, strategic decision, but also a smart one because we were not really at a place where we needed three services. We had just, we were,
1: we barely needed two.
0: Yeah. We were just, uh, looked, looking cool on the internet to have three, but really, yeah, two is what we needed. We were
1: having, we had about a 300 seat auditorium Yeah, and we were doing three services and there would be. 45 people in the first one, mm-hmm. 90 in the middle one mm-hmm. and six, 60. Uh,
0: the other day, I found a picture from one of those three services and there were 22 people in the room.
1: Yeah. And it was like and during and was, the sermon, of those
0: are staff. Yeah. And it was during the sermon. <laughs> Twenty-two. So, so, so
1: yeah, we went from three to two.
0: Because my point in this is, um, this was an obvious decision. Like it made sense, yeah. but yet we did not just announce it like haphazardly and we didn't just do it the very next Sunday. We said, okay, when is the right time? Oh, when is a good break? When makes the most sense? And then we had meetings with our staff team and then our leadership team before we decided to do it so that when we announced it, because inevitably, even though there's only 22 people in the one service, their service time is going to change
1: and so, and i like this service time because right. i go into work l- earlier or later and right. this one works best for and me.
0: and as we know the most commonly uh, asked question in human history as you always say is how does this affect me
1: dude and so, good. so
0: we knew that in the room even though they're going to look around and they're going to know that it is smart because it is a waste of god's resource <laughs> to be have and volunteer time to be yeah. having this service for 22 people and three kids in the nursery yeah but they're going to ask, how does this affect me? And they like it better this way because them and their mom come together yeah. and they go to dinner or something. I, who knows what?
1: Remember when we were doing three services and there were these three old ladies that would sit in the very back row. Mm-hmm. We would have ropes and all the things. Oh, and I was just trying to get them to those move.
0: Ropes. Them. They didn't care.
1: Yeah. They they,
0: they, one time an usher said to them like, Hey, we're going to sit up closer until the ropes, you know, until they're fill it up and whatever. And they said, no, we're going to sit right here and yeah. move the rope the, like over themselves. I'm like, oh, okay, it's like they, a toddler. When you tell them not to put their finger in the light socket. They gone. Oh yeah. They They, don't go here. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like the way. Uh, sort said,
1: wait, you did what to usher? Yeah, see ya.
0: See ya. They, they, uh, we didn't get their heads on at all. But when we talked to our staff about it, it was inevitable um, to them. They were like, absolutely, this is what we should do. They were grateful for the decision, but we were also able to strategically gave them verbiage to help make it so that those who were upset with how does this affect me, um, they were able to counteract that. They were able to speak to that in a quick and a concise way that was kind, but also helped them know, hey, we've thought of you too. Yeah. And so it was, uh, by the time we announced it, everyone was excited <laughs> and happy, we did it at, the, we were, uh, this was May. We did it in June for the summer break, yeah. which made a whole lot of sense yeah. because, oh, that's easy. Yeah. Uh, we,
1: we called it summer service schedule,
0: summer service. Schedule. And then we
1: moved back to two services for summer and the whole next year.
0: <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> by the time we did that, no one remembered that. But,
1: but what we're saying is before we just made that big shift, we had a lot of conversations. Right. Um, one of the biggest moves we ever made was moving from our Matlock building so that, we went to two, then we started to actually fill two, then and we then went, we to, went three, to three, yeah. and then we went to four, and then we had standing room only and four, yeah. and we were out of space. So we went to our current location, which is a rental, yeah. a big auditorium. Yeah. And, uh, and man, we had so many meetings face-to-face before we had a Sunday announcement. Right. That when I got up and made the Sunday announcement of what was happening, us moving to Willie Pig Auditorium, What percentage of the room do you think already knew?
0: Oh, man. 70? Right. Yeah, 70%.
1: And because of that, there was wind in the sails. Absolutely. Because they already knew. They
0: stood and cheered.
1: And they heard the whys. Right. And they were able to process, how does this affect me? How is this going to help other people? They were able to all get behind us. And you know what? I don't think we lost I think we lost more people going to the center for the summer than we lost right. going from the yeah. Matlock to the pig. Yeah. Because this last summer, our school district said that we had to move out of our auditorium and move to another auditorium for the summer. Yeah. And we only had three weeks prep time. Right. And so we had no time to have one-on-one meetings.
0: Right.
1: Or like smaller, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very few small group meetings. And we just had to make the announcement on a Sunday and it hurt us. Yeah. We lost people.
0: Yeah. Because we didn't have the time. Move move this is just I, right down the street. This is what I hear. So yeah. um, I hear somebody say, oh, but I don't have the time to have all of those conversations. Well, when we went to, um, from Matlock to the rental facility, we did that in six weeks. So uh, we did not have very much time. Well, COVID also janked us. But we, from the time we decided to do it and the time we announced doing it, we had four weeks. Right. And so uh, it's easy to say we didn't have enough time. However we recognize that those meetings that we strategically had, hey, next Thursday, we'd like to invite you. Here's the thing, even if they can't come because we only gave them a week's notice, at least they know they were invited. At least they know we tried to bring them in in the conversation. But having three strategic meetings before that conversation saved us so much time and energy Right. Then as opposed to when we didn't announce mm-hmm. it multiple times in multiple places to move to the center, that cost us a different kind of time and energy. So the right. truth is it's going to be time. It's going to be energy. It's going to uh, cost you something, but it costs you way less to do all of these things ahead of time than it does to have to clean it up afterward. Yeah, And I think that's something that I can hear somebody saying. I'll just, I'll just deal with it as it comes. No, it's a whole lot more work. It's a whole lot more time. Yeah, You might not think you have the time, but you do.
1: Giving people uh, internal processing, giving your leaders mm-hmm. people that uh, we, what we're talking about is telling your leaders the important um, influencers in your organization, yeah. giving them time before a major shift helps them process it and then revision cast what you're doing to other people that they're leading
0: well you know what it does for us as leaders is it helps us see questions we might not have seen
1: that's super true
0: like we've already in some of things that we're working on right now had some meetings with our elders and directors and have had questions asked by our elders and directors that we never would have thought of you and i on our own because we have different perspective we right. have different thoughts and opinions we have different uh family groups, like different yeah. ways that life goes. And so um not only are they able to walk out with the right words to help the people and all the things, we're able to identify some questions from people we might be surprised yeah. by uh if we wouldn't have had the conversation.
1: Yeah. No, it's super good. Yeah. To 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 pull them in. So what we're saying is whatever you're leading, think through who are the people that you want to on-ramp, that you want to give time about a change. We're talking about like moving buildings and adding services, but do you know what else it is? If you're a kid's pastor and you're about to initiate a new rule for bottles, you know, which bottles do we allow or diaper changing policy or like something that might seem smaller. Hey, listen, if somebody has been doing it, a certain way for three years, and you're about to change a policy right. don't just change the policy in a meeting that's going that's going to rattle them. How the less times? we can rattle people no, our people have been rattled oh 100%. the people of more church have been put in a cage and rolled <laughs> down a hill. we've been <laughs> rattled
0: but right
1: a lot of the rattling they've experienced is circumstantial that is outside of our control
0: right I Everything
1: that we know that has been coming, we've done our best to on ramp. To communicate. People. And
0: I think that that is such a leadership piece that people miss uh, sometimes because also I hear it, um, from people, well, I didn't want to make them come to another meeting. I didn't want to take up their time and I didn't want to bother them. Yeah.
1: But the antithesis of that is that then they sit there and hear news and feel unvalued.
0: Absolutely. If they're coming so that you use the kids pastor thing, like if they come to a meeting and find out That's something that's been their baby, something they've cared about. Or maybe you don't even know that they cared about it, but they did. They've been giving their time and energy to serve in your area. Well, then they need to know that stuff before you just announce it in a giant meeting, because then they feel like, well, you didn't care about them at all. And that can be in any space that you're in, any group that you're leading. It's a big deal to uh even man even when you're moving from one house to another talking one-on-one with your kids before you just have a big family announcement meeting it it brings respect and and it it helps them feel a part of the solution a Mm -hmm. part of what you're the decision you're making when you and i are making decisions for the church we're we're the ones making the decision but when we are bringing them into the conversation, they still feel a part of the decision. Yeah. And people who are bought into the decision are going to be a part way yeah. better, way yeah. more. Uh, they're going to own it way better than people who are just told a decision. Yeah.
1: So uh, for me, there's been times that I have forgotten to tell Rachel a, a yeah. big detail. Yeah. You know, and so big detail about something that's shifting or changing or moving or a staff person transitioning yeah. or hiring somebody or this person's mad and left the church or like a, a big detail yeah. that I forget to tell Rachel. And what that does, and I'm sure that if you're married, you've done that.
0: Right, because like, we're humans, we right. just forget.
1: And, yeah. and I hate that I've, I do that to her sometimes. yeah. Because what it does is it puts Rachel at a disadvantage to support me. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't know that someone got fired or whatever, Right. And then now she's in the lobby talking to that person's friend or somebody they're connected to and she doesn't know the story and Rachel's figuring out a change in real time. I have not set her up for success to have my back. Right. But how many times do we do that to our whole organization? Right. We do that to all of our employees. We do that to all of our church. We do whatever we're leading. Right. We do that to our husband and wife yeah. because we haven't properly informed them of, of what's going on.
0: No, I think it's a big deal. And I think especially in, uh, I mean, what we're talking about has been changes or decisions or another word is transitions, yeah. that when there are times of transition, the more communication you can have, the better. And you and I, there's been times when we've messed that up because we didn't want to communicate maybe bad news. We didn't want to over communicate about things that were sad and we wanted to keep it as positive as possible. So we didn't communicate it at all. And I think we've learned over the years that even, um, sad communication is better than no communication. Well,
1: and, and yeah, you have to, sad communication is better than no communication is good. And understanding where the communication needs to happen. Right. All communication does not need to happen from the platform. Correct. We just had a staff transition yeah. um, from our, our next-gen department. Yeah. And uh, that transition we talked through with our kids' workers, yeah. our youth workers, right. our kids, and our teenagers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we did not talk through it from the stage on Sunday. Correct. And I had a parent yesterday uh, tell me that they were frustrated that they didn't know. And I'm like, I get it, but we, to- we, t- but you're not really engaged like oh, in yeah. this department or in this area. Right. And so we did communicate this. Yeah. 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 We yeah. did. Here's all the places that we talked about it. And so.
0: Also that was for that transition it was a positive transition. It yes. was not a negative, nothing negative happened. Yeah. Um. It was just them moving on to something else that God called them to. And so.
1: But um, I'm saying you can't, you can't feel like you have to cover every base and get every head nodding Correct. or else all you are is an announcement machine.
0: Right. But if you've done your due diligence, yeah. then you're able to point to.
1: I said, no, man, we had a leader we meeting. Had this, we had this. Kid-
0: this conversation. We had these things. And so then if people feel frustrated or blindsided, uh, they recognize, oh, no, maybe it's really just that I wasn't a part oh, of it. And that. it was in the email. Yeah. The yeah, The, the announcement
1: was in a all church email. Yeah. And so it helps to say, well, hey, man, no, it's not that we didn't talk about it. Right. It's that you just didn't see the five places we did.
0: Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, but I think what you said is so good. So you said a minute ago about getting the heads nodding. We yep. talked about Rachel. Um, that is another form of head nodding uh, is having your back. And so like as a leader, as someone who's stepping into more, pushing into more sometimes, um, or pulling others into more there's a lot of times that we're going to ruffle feathers just because change is like the thing people fear the most. And if you can have the more people you can have, have your back in the times of transition change shifting, um, the better it is for everyone. It feels like, Oh, I want them to have my back for me, Yeah. but it's not really for me. It's for the organization. It's for the structure. It's for the people that we care about. We want a, you want Rachel to have your back when it comes to a transition in the next gen department but it's right. not for you specifically it's for the next gen department it's for right. the kids it's for the people and so
1: the more aware she is right the better that she can help everybody understand
0: right and so it, so soon i mean we're we've done this before and we will do it again we will do it all the time uh over the church uh, history that as we lead it is There will be conversations with different key leaders and different team leaders as we're uh, making changes and shifting things because our goal is for them to have the back of the organization. So
1: who are the people? Who are the people that you need to talk to?
0: So who do you talk to the most in a week is a good question as a leader to ask. Okay. So So for us, our, our next step would be, well, you and I, we have our staff team but we also have a leadership team among our staff that help us a directional leadership leadership team that help us with directional things for the church. Yeah. So that's our next step. Yeah. Once you and I have come to a decision, you've made a decision, we made a decision, whatever that is, that's who we go to next to yeah. help us in how we're going to execute yeah. the decision. Yeah. Then our staff is going to know very, uh, very quickly after that, the entire staff, anyone who is a paid person who comes to our staff meeting yeah. is going to, we're going to make sure that they know this is another important piece of the head nodding. I'm going to make sure that they know before someone else yeah. that is not in leadership knows Yeah, because if this person finds out sooner than someone on our staff team, yeah our staff team is going to feel very devalued. Yeah. Now that's not my husband. That's not like, Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> but, but random, random, random
0: somebody, you're not going to go tell somebody at lunch.
1: Then from there, right. Key leaders,
0: key people. Yeah. People who are a part of executing vision and serving or leading in areas. They've got to know next.
1: Those would be called influencers. Yes. People who have people who have influence.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think that there's also, you bring along, maybe it's like a ministry team leader or a department head or Mm -hmm. whatever, but sometimes there's just people in your church that they might not do a lot, but they have influence. Yeah, yeah, And bring them up, bring them along, let them know.
0: There's an important piece to it that we have learned um, also is in these conversations, we have to be open for feedback. There have been yep. times where we and pushback and pushback, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what I, I think that, that, yeah, exactly. Because there have been times where we have gone in and given information, but not allowed space for pushback, communication, conversation, concern, care. Yeah. We've got to be uh, willing to receive that, and it's an important piece because if we what we tell our team is, we can fight it out in this room but once we walk out of this room, we're gonna be unified. Yeah. But if we don't give space for the fight it out, then holding that unity when other people start pushing back mm-hmm. is gonna be very difficult for, uh, it's a very difficult ask of people yeah. to say, hey, here's a decision we're making. I'm not giving you any safe feedback, thoughts, or whatever in it, but now hold the line and have my back when you walk out of the The room.
1: wrestling is good.
0: The wrestling is good. Because
1: the wrestling with people that you're leading it helps them understand why you've made the decision you've made. It gets, lets them actually have buy-in. Yeah.
0: There have been seasons where we've been more fearful of the wrestling just because, I mean, this is years ago, but we were like, we just want them to be on board with it. We just want them to get excited about it. And we were, um, yeah, maybe maybe it was, I don't even know why, maybe just lack of trust, maybe lack of our own confidence to allow that. But the more confident we become as leaders, the more we're willing to sit and wrestle and the better it has been hands down for the organization to allow the wrestling. Because what you just said, we give them perspective they wouldn't have thought of, and they yeah. give us perspective we wouldn't have thought of. And so then in unity, we can step forward, and then we collectively have each other's back.
1: Well, and it, it allows the people that we're leading to even say, well, hey, I went to a meeting. So like, you make the announcement on stage. And from the stage, you're not maybe going to say everything that you said behind a closed door. Mm-hmm. But those people that are with you are able to say, hey, we talked to Pastor Trustner and Pastor Whitney about this. We had an hour-long meeting. He showed us every number. He showed us the graphs. He showed us the things. I thing. asked
0: seven questions. I asked
1: seven questions. And you know what? I thought what you're thinking right now. But what he said was this. And after an hour, two hour meeting, right. Man, it's the right step. And what happens is, is then it helps galvanize somebody else's trust. Absolutely. Because that leader trusts their leader. Absolutely. Um, and so we've had those those uh vision drip. Yeah. Meetings. Right. In a lot of different ways. Yeah. You can have a hundred people in the room. Right. Or you can have a one-on-one. Yeah. You, you can do a dinner with a family. Right. Or you can do dinner with seven families. Right. And so like we've got, uh, big stuff that we're working on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Big stuff. And it will be, if it all comes out how it's looking, it's going to be the biggest shift that we've ever made. Right. For sure. Which is saying a lot.
0: Which just saying a lot because we made a lot. What did you say? We've rattled we rattled around a lot. We put them in a cage and rattled them around a lot.
1: It's going to be the biggest shift that we've made.
0: But yet, maybe the most galvanizing as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I so, believe the most galvanizing. And well. so, I'm as a leader preparing. Right. And I talk to Rachel about it. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. It's about to be dinner time. Yeah. It's about to be. We're about to have dinners and breakfasts right. and coffees and lunches, because we're going to have to help. This is, this is what it is. We have to help people process the new information. Mm-hmm. It's not trick them. No. It's not manipulate them uh-uh. or talk them into it. No, no, no. It's help them process. Correct. So, like, right now, we're at the pig. Right. And it's obvious that at this rental facility, we're not going to be there forever. No. It's we obvious. Can. But there's a guy that I met who lives in the neighborhood right across the street. Right. And he started coming because he would go for a jog in the morning and see us out there. And now he just walks over and comes to church. Right whenever we leave the pig right that guy is going to need somebody to have a talk with him
0: to process and that to he's say he's not going to get to walk to church and anymore. say hey
1: man we know that you've never driven to church right but like it's probably worth the drive absolutely I mean you go to the grocery store to buy food it's probably worth driving now this is a smart educated man he's not yeah. a dummy but sometimes people still have to process oh they left me no no no. we didn't leave you right <laughs> we're inviting you along
0: correct invite them along it's invite, really great invite them along okay but how do you decide if it's a one-on-one if it's a big group if it's 50 people how do you decide what the dinner is how do you decide uh, you have
1: to do a draft you have to you know the draft i'm not a, like a sports guy but a draft they have like all the names of all the players mm-hmm. and they pick and who's and what team and all the things I think that you have to look at your most, you build a list of your most influential people, right? Mm -hmm. So for this big move, we're going to end up probably having 300 people. For sure. For sure. Okay. Maybe more 300 people that have to be on ramped. Then from there, we look at it and we say, okay, who can be in a big group? Mm -hmm. Who needs to, who historically is going to have a lot of questions? Mm -hmm. Like I know, that we've got some directors that we're going to need to give more information to than we're going to need to give to other people. And how much are they affected by the change?
0: Mm. Great question.
1: If we're making a rule that says you're only allowed to wear um, red on Sundays, you're only allowed to wear red. Yes. You have to wear red clothes, all red clothes on Sundays. That's going to be a way easier conversation with someone who always wears orange than someone who wears blue all the time.
0: Mm. No, it's true. I'm saying
1: what's the, what's some people, the announcement that you're going to make are going to love it. Right. They're going to be excited. Their life's going to be easier by yeah,
0: it. I would be pumped that red was the color because that's my color
1: but some people right? that are naturally blue is there a better illustration than that no it's all good. i have a proximity no, it's illustrations. Good, but also
0: because it makes me think the other part and some are going to need more care in it because you and Aaron are colorblind.
1: Mm-hmm. and so if
0: we made the the decision that red is uh like the color you're going to have to have help knowing what's red
1: help me i'm in pink help right right
0: and like, so depending on, no, I think it's a great analogy. Uh, depending on what the decision is, some people are not going to understand it at all. They're going to need some real intentional care and understanding. Here, They're going to need pastoring. Yeah.
1: Here's, here's a good one. So we uh, had all of our elementary age kids in a room together in one service. Yeah, And then we divided that into two groups of younger and older, fourth, fifth, and sixth, And third, K, K
0: through third, K through K K K third.
1: K yeah. third. And when we made that shift, we had to talk to parents differently mm-hmm. because some parents have a very mature four-year-old or right. fourth grader, very mature, fourth grader. Right. That's an easier conversation. Mm-hmm. It's easy. They're like, yeah, dude, my, my fourth grader, you know, is was doing
0: what you do in that th- th- with the second graders is lame. Yeah, this is right. exactly,
1: this is going to be great. I love it. But then you've got those parents that are right. like the hover right. helicopter parents right. that think they're fourth grader is my little baby. Right. And so, Hey, we're going to take your fourth grade out of this room and in this other room and it's more like youthy style and it's more teaching and it's more life group and it's more this. There's not as many puppets, you know, Right. then you have to understand, okay, well this parent really wants, thinks that their kid is more this way. Mm -hmm. So they're going to need more room. It's easier and it's easier to get the mom who has five kids. Right. The mom who has five kids and this is her last baby, she don't care. Put right. them in the older class. <laughs> right, right. She don't care.
0: She's like sucking up buttercup. But that
1: newborn mom, <laughs> yeah, that newborn is her first baby, is her only baby. You better, right. you better, you better take care better of it. You better have a lunch.
0: Right, right. It's really good. No, yeah. I think that's important. It's just determining who they are, what the information is, who they are. You know, when we did our very first um, giving campaign okay. ever, we met with some of our top givers you met with them one-on-one.
1: I had a hundred. Yeah. I had a hundred one-on-one meetings walking through a booklet. And it was, um,
0: it was the first time we'd ever done that as a church. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it was strategic and it was intentional. Now, when we do a giving campaign, you won't have all these one-on-ones. I
1: don't have to do a hundred.
0: You won't do that many. You might have some with some like top givers or some people that are more specific and intentional, or maybe just cause you want to have that one-on-one connection and be able to say, Hey, here's what I need in this season here. Can you come alongside us? But, but you'll be able to have a more, uh, what we would call a kingdom builders like dinner yeah. and, and cast the vision to that group, uh, together in a collective way why we've already done it before we've already shown what we're faithful to give to when yeah. they're giving to the house they're giving through this to other missionaries other people other places and so it's also what is the information that you're giving like we have to level and balance the weight of it have you ever done anything like this before yeah like you said our people are used to being rattled and so mm-hmm. uh even in these conversations we're having, there's a few one-on-ones that will be necessary, mm-hmm. but collectively, if we bring our leadership team along, they've already been rattled, so they're not gonna be surprised by, hey, we're gonna rattle something. We've
1: we've moved buildings so much right. that when we move buildings next, everyone's gonna go, oh yeah. Oh yeah,
0: that's a great example. But if
1: you're at a church that's been in the same building for 48 years. Correct,
0: that's gonna take one-on-one Dude, intentionality with a whole to, bunch of people. You're
1: about to do some work.
0: Yeah, and so you gotta look at what is the information, how yeah. big is the information, um, how big is my organization yeah. to what it looks like? Ripping off
1: the bandaid is only good for band-aids, right? R- like it still hurts. Yeah, it still hurts, but it's only good for band-aids. Everything else. Take it a little easy, take yeah. it slow. Have the conversation. Well, it's really good. That's good. What else? Uh, we know. end so abruptly sometimes.
0: Well, cause we're kind of like, well, that's all we have to say about you got that. a
1: New York sweater on.
0: Yeah. We're going to New York. Did you go to, break. did
1: you go to NYU state university? <laughs> yeah. Just like Aaron and that Harvard Harvard yeah, hat. Good for you.
0: <laughs> but maybe I look like I did. So no, it's just white and comfortable. There it <laughs> That's is. all it is.
1: All right. I've got a one o'clock.
0: Okay. Love you guys. See ya. Uh, see you later. <laughs>